You're listening to IMHO. In my humble opinion, respect it. What you listening to, son? What's that sound? What are you listening to? You gotta hear this. It'll change your life. Pat yourself on the back. You're listening to Lawn on IMHO. Push that button. Greetings, greetings, hello, hello, hey, it's Lon, this is IMHO, man, you got good taste, (laughs) I just wanted to say that right off the bat, we are indeed in middle August, we are indeed heading towards fall here in the northern hemisphere, for those in the southern, I've got some listeners down in the land of Kiwis and down under, for those guys there headed into spring. So we're kind of opposing here. Uh, It'll be a combination of summer and fall and winter stuff that we get into in the next days or two. This show, this particular one, the ABC, as I always do, the A is Paranormal Activity. Yes or no? Do you believe in it or not? I know it's a little early for Halloween. That's not the point. I'm not talking about the papier-mâché ghouls and ghosts that we put on doors. I'm talking about the real thing. Have you ever been bumped in the night? Have you ever heard something? Have you ever seen something? And a question that'll throw out there, it's sort of come up in the paranormal world, cell phones being used to communicate both directions. What do you think of that? That's the kind of a... A-1 (laughs) on this first one. The second, B, if you will, is favorite childhood toys or games, and why? Was there something you just loved to play? Was there something that you could not go a day without? That's what we're going to be talking about. And then the sub-genre, if you want to call it that, are there any that you never played? And also, why? The last subject today is C, what was your first job? And along that line, what was your worst job? What was your best job? Those are the subjects for today, ABC, as we always do. I will let you know what the next show is all about, so you can get your information to us. I'll give you the email towards the end of the show. I will let you know exactly how to contact us. So that's on its way. I-M-H-O, no judgment, no politics, no religion, no arguing, just an oasis here in the middle of a world of ugh, if you will. That's what I try and bring across. With that said, later on in the episode, we'll be hearing things that make you say, what? This one might just get you. I actually had to double check to make sure it wasn't bull. Also... Big Hand Up Me is going to be bringing you just a thought. It has to do with dueling being legal somewhere and why. 
That's kind of the capsule version of today's episode. I am H.O. Going to take just a little bit of a breath. Going to come back and start talking about that paranormal activity. Do you believe in it or not? That's our first subject right here on IMHO. A is coming up. I hope you come back too. Be right back. Next on Golden Pond, or uh, on IMHO, Paranormal Activity. It's got the feel of, of fall, doesn't it? But I'm doing this in the dead heat of summer in the desert, so that is not the case. But the feeling that's coming out is because we're speaking of paranormal activity. Do you believe in it or not? Ghosts? Yes or no? Most of the people that responded, either via the voicemail at anchor.fm, the written mail there, or at leaddogonair at gmail.com, the majority of the people that answered there said, yes, they did believe in paranormal activity. Yes, they did believe in ghosts. The ones that didn't kind of had the feel that they were arguing not necessarily that it existed or not, that ghosts existed or not, but that they chose not to believe, and their argument was pretty much that. So I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say yes or no. I'm no expert. I have just had empathic abilities and gifts. I'm a sensitive, so my whole entire life I have felt and seen and heard things that I can't deny. So it doesn't come down to a matter for me, a matter of whether I believe or not. It's just kind of always been there, and it's not been anything that scared me, and it wasn't anything that drove me off. So I guess inadvertently, I embraced it. So for me personally, the answer of do you believe in paranormal activity and or ghosts, the answer would be yes. I feel that spirits and ghosts and such do exist, and that... Basically, we many times just have become less sensitive to it. So the adage, whenever, well, I should back up just a little bit. Whenever somebody says, well, I'll believe it when I see it, my response is usually, you know, it's much more, you'll see it when you believe it. 
just my thought. So again, I'm not the expert. I'm not the one to judge. I'm not the one to say it actually exists or not, questioning you or not. I am just here as a vessel, an oracle, if you will. That's what IMHO is all about. I thought I'd start this segment with just a definition, if you will, of what is a ghost? What is a spirit? A ghost is the spirit of a person or animal that lived on earth. All ghosts are spirit, but not all spirit is ghost. Spirit can be any number of conscious entities, either of the earth or of another dimension. Spirit does not have to be the consciousness of any singular living being. Kind of deep there. And then while we are speaking of that, what are ghosts compared to demons and evil spirits? Well, demons and evil spirits are destroyers of nature. Demons are dark. Demons are intellectual, spiritual beings in search of physical bodies to occupy. Mostly, they desire this because this allows them to enjoy the physical things, like sex, as they themselves are incapable of doing. They are infamous for their perversions. Now, we get into this, and it does come down to, listen, what, what is it? Do they exist or not? What's the difference and we'll be digging into that. I want to touch on some of the things that I've seen and heard in the past. One of the areas of question that has come up is, can animals, can dogs see ghosts or spirits? Well, in my own personal experience as a trainer and a rescuer and a caregiver, I can say very strongly that dogs can actually be trained to alert their owners, alert to their owners' hallucinations. And one of the oldest and most persistent paranormal beliefs is that dogs have the ability to see spirits, ghosts of the dead, or even the angel of death. All of this is attributed to some kind of sixth sense that dogs do have. So I can say that I have actually had dogs key on me and let me know that there was something going on. The example that I give now is a story that comes from Denver. I was a caregiver there. I would pet sit in a lot of old houses in downtown Denver, back in the homes of the railroad barons and steel magnates and that sort. Way back then, it was the only house on the block. When I was pet sitting, it was surrounded by a number of older ones as the neighborhoods filled in and wealthier people moved next to the bankers, moved near the railroad magnates. Well, one of them was an 1800s Victorian home. It was narrow by nature. If you were looking at it from the street, it was a narrow building, but it was tall. It had three stories, two and a half stories, which allowed it to have a border at the top. We know them as gables, some of the windows that have actually roof structures over them. Generally, that was a bedroom up in the top of the house. It was often the sick room. It was many times the room where people passed away in Victorian age. And 
during many dog walking sessions through those neighborhoods, particularly at night and or in winter when it got, got dark sooner, my sensitivities would allow them to reach out to me more than once. I would glance up and see somebody in that upper window glance back and they're not there. That's common among any paranormal things that you've heard. Out of the corner of the eye, motion. And that tells me that perhaps, just perhaps, what we see when we see ghosts and spirits and so on is a slice of another time running parallel to ours. I won't get too deep here. We can always discuss that through email or whatever. But my point being that I believe we are indeed allowed to see fissures and cracks and maybe peer through the window, so to speak. But I digress. The actual story that I was telling is I was pet-sitting for one particular couple that lived in this older Victorian house. They lived there with their new baby, a really cool cat, and a really nice dog dog and the dog loved me from moment one it was why I got the job in the first place she sidled up to me leaned into me laid on my side sat on my feet as we talked and discussed what we were wanting to do so that's the kind of relationship we had right off the bat the first visit I came was when the in the evening it was dark it was after sun had gone down or it had just gone down as I recall a little bit of light in the sky and I felt energies when I entered the home but I often didn't pay too much attention to that because we all get that creepy crawly feeling on the back of our neck once in a while so I kind of dismissed it didn't think too much of it I came into the house and this dog brought me a tennis ball she was a tennis ball freak <laughs> in fact I had to be careful because she had a hip problem so I had to be careful but the point being I would go ahead and roll the ball and toss it in the house so she wouldn't go too crazy and injure herself well the ball disappeared on one of my throws and I went over to see where it might have gone it had just gone into the next room so it wasn't like it had gone out a window, out a door, anything like that. And the room was fairly plain, so when I went in there, I was surprised that I could not see the ball. There was nowhere for it to have gone. Well, Winnie, the dog, ran back towards the front door next to the staircase that went up the stairs. And she sat there and looked up the staircase. And I thought, well, what could have possibly happened here? <laughs> I did not throw the ball that way. And the ball, a ball, came bouncing down the staircase towards Winnie. She actually moved aside and allowed it to roll behind the front door. Went back to her position of sitting down looking up at the staircase. I did the same. I didn't sit down, but I looked up the staircase and got a little flash of what to me looked like the bust, the upper half of a Victorian woman. Very prideful, hair perfect up in a bun, high collared blouse, buttoned down, no skin showing. 
very proper, and it only lasted a moment. I looked back down at Winnie and then back up, and she was gone. Well, as I looked back down, Winnie moved out of the way again and looked behind the door. I went over and just slowly opened the door, and the ball was rolling out towards us. You tell me. That was one of my own instances of paranormal activity. And like I mentioned before I started it, I can't deny what I saw. I can't prove it either because I took photos and the only thing that came from it was an orb that was coming down the staircase. And frankly, you can debunk that because you got light that reflected off of your lens or a street light that you didn't even see from outside was bouncing off your lens. So even that, I just kind of blew it off and thought, well, okay, whatever. Point being, I was not able to get audio. I was not able to get video. I wasn't able to get a photograph even beyond the orb that appeared to be coming down the steps, and I couldn't prove that either, so it became kind of a non-issue. But again, I can't and I won't deny what I saw. There you have it. I've got a few others like that, and I will bring those to you, share them with you in just a second here. I just wanted to give your ears a break, so take a breath, hit up the bathroom. You better run quickly, though, because you might hear that thing that bumps when you go. (laughs) I'll be right back on IMHO. Did you wash your hands? (laughs) Thanks for coming back. I am H.O. My name is Lon. I'm here in the captain's chair, and we are talking paranormal activity. I had somebody send one to me via email at leaddogonair at gmail.com. They had indeed had some activity involving dogs at a rescue, and... I had to verify this was indeed somebody I knew, so I got a hold of them and we shared stories. I can back these stories up. This person was a manager at a uh, 
daycare boarding rescue facility. It had been an old converted farm, so it had the barn that had been a pig barn, uh, low ceilings, lots of room, long, a few rooms, that kind of thing. And she had gone to the back room to feed the rescue dogs that were kept in the far back kennels. They were kept back there just for quiet and for any reasons that they had to be segregated, whether it be behavioral or physical or what have you. So she would go back there with a cart full of food and biscuits and water and so on and so forth. And this was the last round at night, right about at oh, 11 o'clock or so, before actually locking up the barn for the night and so on. She went back to this room with that cart that I mentioned. She had biscuits laid out on the cart, remembered that she had forgotten the bucket of water in the back room, the room that she had just walked through, went back to go get it. When she came back to that room, all of the biscuits were on the floor. None of the dogs were out of their kennels. They were all locked in and they were all looking down towards the end of the kennel. She paused, <laughs> like we all would in a case like that, took a great big deep breath and just thought, whatever. Picked up the biscuits, put them back on the tray on the cart that she was gonna wheel down. And as she was standing there getting ready to push the cart, the biscuits got flicked one by one onto the floor. She promptly backed out of the room, left them just the way they were, and we spoke the next morning. <laughs> she knew that I was a believer and a sensitive and so on and so forth. She promptly sought me out to say, would you come back here with me? And see if it's still the same. We went back there and sure enough the biscuits were still on the floor. She had literally backed out of the room and said, nope, I'm out of here. They were just exactly where she had described and I told her that I felt some energy back there, for lack of a term, that's kind of a generic term that we all use, but an energy back there that was it wasn't necessarily dark, but it wasn't bright either, shall we say. And I said, I'll tell you what, why don't I come back and do this same exact thing tonight? You can go and have dinner with your husband or whatever you might want to do. I'll come in at about 11 o'clock or so, and I will feed all the last animals, turn off the lights, lock the doors, that kind of thing. I did just that, came back later on, and it was indeed about 11.30 or so. I felt something coming from that back room. Again, not exactly dark, but not exactly bright. <laughs> Best way to describe it. I went ahead and went in. We, you had to brush aside a curtain of plastic, much like you might see in a warehouse. You had to brush that aside to get back in there. And the first thing I noticed was all the dogs were looking down towards the far end of the kennel. There were probably 30 dogs back there, not a peep, not one bark, growl, cry, whimper, 
Nothing, not one. Every one of them was pushed up against the gate in their little kennel, looking down towards the end of the barn. I glanced up at the end, and once again, the way I am shown is almost like a, a snapshot. I saw the flash of an upper body, once again the bust, of an older gentleman, white hair, slicked back, wire glasses, black overcoat, black vest, crisp white shirt, and he, to me, looked mean. He was looking at me like, get out of here. But none of the dogs were responding at all. They, they were sitting at their crates. So I just said, you know what? I see you. I feel you. I don't know what the deal is, but stop scaring the girls. Stop scaring the ladies. And stop messing with any of us. I can see that the dogs don't bother you. So I know that's not an issue. I think you like them. But how about you stop messing with us? And everything stopped. The activity, the noise, the visuals, the biscuits. I got reports from the following week that nothing happened. And this lady that sent this to me said that she never heard anything again. So, kind of odd. I did a little bit of research and I found that it is very possible the person that I saw was the homesteader of this pig farm and he had it felt like I had to dig a little bit. There was a lot of vagities. There was a lot of uh, unfinished reports in papers and things like that. He supposedly committed suicide in that barn. And he was the farmer, so he loved animals, like farmers, had, probably had a love-hate relationship. Those days that he had to go out there, even though it was storming, probably not a big fan. The others, he loved the animals. So, we did some research, found out that that was likely the case, and while we were researching, and I'll wrap it up here, this is the last part of it. While we were researching, every time that I worked with the dogs out in the yard, we had a big quarter acre yard, every time that I was out there with them, whether it was windy or not, we had a small outbuilding, uh, just a small shed. It was actually a birthing shed for pigs. The upper window covering, the doorway, would swing open and I paid attention I said hello I see you there dogs aren't scared the whole story and one day I got the flash again this was just like a like somebody holds up a photograph that's usually what I get I got the flash of this gentleman that I had seen but a much younger version of him leaning over a young man probably in his early teens at latest and this older guy had a a shiv if you will of glass covered in blood he looked up at me and then everything faded well we found out later again through further research that the boy had been messing in the shed probably fell through a window and 
was killed because of a shard of glass. What I saw was perhaps the guy pulling it out. That was all in the same place. So we can carry this on. We can continue this conversation. If you have some paranormal ghost spirit stories that you'd like to share, please do. Either go to the Anchor homepage. You can leave a voicemail there. You can leave a written mail there. Or you can join the crowd of people that are getting a hold of me by email. Leaddogonair at gmail.com leaddogonair at gmail.com and we will carry this further there are a lot of things a lot of things I can tell you dog stories I can tell you of a ghost dog that I heard one that was supposedly rescued but he ended up getting put down as soon as he got to his location and he came back to me in the form of footprints in wet sand but that is a whole different story that we will get into on a whole nother time. So get your stories to me. Get your information to me. And I can I can do a part two. This is my podcast. So if anybody has an issue with it, meh. <laughs> We're going to be back, lighten it up just a little bit with favorite childhood toys or games and why. That is coming up on IMHO. Please come back. time a little bit lighter we are going to change it up a bit abc the a was paranormal activity b favorite childhood toy or game and why i got a couple of them people just started naming off <laughs> some of the ones they liked a lot of them were common one of them that was common among a lot of different people that uh, left me voicemail especially <laughs> this is so cool. That invisible dog on a leash. Do you remember those that you could get at the state fair particularly? It was a leash that had a wire in it, and it made it look like you had an invisible dog. Uh, people went crazy with these things. I remember a couple of friends had them. 
and they would get into dog fights with them. They would run up to people and hump their legs. People were crazy about these things, and I was surprised at how many people had mentioned that invisible dog on a leash. How cool is that? Another one that was fairly common, and these I would suspect are perhaps some older people. We'll get into those that might be the toys of younger ones as well. But Super Balls. I had an episode not too long ago talking about I had my own Super Balls. We had a long, narrow bathroom, and if you went in there and pitched it sideways... <laughs> you would just about die. You would definitely come away with multiple round bruises for certain. Those were some of the older ones, like I said. If you go back far enough, and I just got a flash of this, this'll, well, this'll age me in a little bit, but long ago, back when I was hardly even a child, I was a little blob on the floor. I wasn't old enough to do it. Okay, I digress. We would use clothespins and milk bottles and have bombing runs stand up on chairs and drop them into the hole. Like I told you this was going to age me, I said. <laughs> but some of the games that came up from the ranks of you was surprising. A lot of them are not surprising. Some of them, hey, you might be surprised. How about that? But that was original, wasn't it? The one of the main favorite, favorite, favorite games of all times has been Monopoly. What other game would allow you to romp through the streets of London as a dog or a hat, not to mention getting out of jail for a ten? <laughs> That's always been a popular one. Uh, a game that came up was called Conkers, and I had never heard of these. Uh, two people said it, so it must be true. The beauty of it is simplicity. You choose your conquer, which is basically uh, a nut with a hole in it, if you will, thread it, and then go forth and conquer in the playground. What could be more satisfying? You go whap people, and you get to take their conquers. <laughs> Alrighty. And the, the perennial favorite, every one of us, old and young, whether you've got gray hairs or you have no hairs because you're that young, jumping on the bed. Jumping on the bed. There is no more simple pleasure on that whole entire planet than jumping on the bed. That's one of our favorites. Yay! I know, right? Jumping on the bed. That is an all-time perennial. Like I said, old, young, if you got hair or not, you enjoy jumping on the bed. Now, while as an adult, this might mean a trip to the emergency room or a trip to Ikea. As a kid, it's a simple mechanism for putting off bedtime, and we have to admit, that's a brilliant one. And this one kind of goes across the ages as well, old and young. Whoever came up with the concept of Jenga deserves a Nobel Prize. It's such a simple premise, get a bunch of blocks, try and pull each one out without taking down the tower. 
totally addictive, isn't it? No wonder it's been rebranded as a drinking game. And you might have even seen the big, giant, human-adult versions. When you put the tower together, they use 2x4s. And you put the tower together, and it's like 6-plus feet tall. You could hurt yourself when that tower falls. And the, the cue for this comes from the fact that all of these, or a lot of these games, are eternal. They have been played by your grandfather and grandmother, and now they're being played by your daughter and your son over there, aren't they? It spans generations' favorite childhood games and toys. And one that you either loved or you hated. I kind of hated it musical chairs. It did provide an excitement, kind of epic proportions as you wait for the music to stop, and it, it prepared kids for a lifetime of fighting over a seat on a tube or an overcrowded train, so it got us ready for a future, didn't it? If only our daily commute in the city came with music, we might enjoy it a whole lot more when we try and crash down and steal that chair. Now, which one of us has not played hide-and-seek, ready or not, here I come? How is it that those words still leave us with an almost shuddering tendency to dive underneath the nearest desk, out of fear and delight together, kind of the king of childhood games? And I put it out there, was there any games that you did not like or you never, ever, ever played? Across the board, singularly, the one answer, Ouija board. <laughs> and I am not going to deny that. Even as a kid, I would not, I repeat, I would not play with a Ouija board. I felt even then that it was... You are asking for trouble. It's like knocking on the gate, knocking on the door, and you don't know what's coming through, and you don't know how to close that door again, do you? That's the biggest thing. So Ouija board, across the boards, the game that most people just did not want to play, period. So there you have it. Our love of childhood games and toys... And the ones that we didn't either. Coming up in a future episode, I'm going to be talking about what were some of the childhood games that sucked. They were a huge disappointment. I'm talking things like Sea Monkeys. You remember that? <laughs> sea Monkeys. Man, we were suckers. That's coming up in a future episode. So you can start thinking about that almost to number or letter C, I should say, the, the question, what was your first job? What was your worst job? What was your best? What was your, I almost didn't get that out. What was your worst job? What was your best job? That's coming up next on IMHO. Come on back.
12 seconds later. So are you. Thank you very much. My name is Lon, climbing back up into this captain's chair to get you this last segment. What was your first job? What was your worst job? What was your best job? That kind of covers a lot of different things, doesn't it? I would have to say, well, a few things. My first job, my very, very first, first job, I was three years old. I was a shovel. I was four. <clears throat> I would have to say my first actual job that I got money for was a manual grave digger. It was when I was probably 12-ish, 11 or so years old, something like that. The An old local cemetery basically still did it the manual way and they threw friends and so on I don't remember the why that's been about a hundred years ago or so but we're using child labor <laughs> yes they were and we manually dug the hole it was marked it was laid out so I knew exactly what to do how high how deep how wide how long and so on grave digger that was my first job and I actually found a toe while I was doing it <laughs> one of them overlapped one of the older graves from a long time ago overlapped and this is like the people aren't involved anymore they told me to keep it <sighs> they asked me if I wanted to keep it and I <laughs> boy I gave them a hearty no and put that back into the spot that I had found it Man, uh -huh. so that was my first job, and very close to the worst job. No, no, that was not my worst job. My worst job came later when I was going to school for radio, TV, broadcast, and journalism. And while I was there, it was probably 30 miles away from my town or so, so I had to get a part-time job while I was there to help pay for school, like we all do. We all go through that. Well, mine, are you ready for this? Uh, because I had the voice that I've got, the quiet, calming, most people can listen to it, that's what I'm always told, I was given a job as a grave monument telemarketer.
all of the visuals you've got going through your head right now are real. I called people based on obituaries, usually speaking to some little old lady who had just lost her husband, and I had to turn on all the charm, all the middle child country charm, and it worked. I was their highest ranking salesperson because I was treating people with respect. I was treating people with commonality. I was able to empathize and be nice to people. I did not push it. If I got a, no, I don't want to do this right now, I would very much sympathize with that and just give them my phone number. If you want help with this, let me know. If not, I wish you well, and I am sorry to have bothered you. And it worked. I got calls from son-in-laws. I got dads calling. I got other family members calling saying, you were so nice to my mom that we do indeed want to work with you. We were going to do it anyway and just had no idea how. So you're actually being very helpful. <sighs> That was one of my worst jobs. And I worked as a, a prep cook at a village inn. So some of my jobs there were cleaning the grease traps and washing dishes and wiping up the floors and so on. So you can imagine how this affected me. Ugh. Like pretty much my worst job. My best job? It's a combination. They're, they're even flow combination of some of the radio jobs that I've had throughout my career. I've been across the board. I did not go east. I didn't go east coast, but I did go north and south and west on a bunch of different stations and a bunch of different places. AM, FM, all of them were kind of my best job. I really enjoyed that. It's part of why I'm doing this now. The other, the one that's even with that, I ran my own dog training and animal care company for about 20 years in Colorado. I loved the crap out of that. Some of those days, boy, though, if it was, say, 18, 17-hour days, whew, come back and just collapse? But I loved it. Imagine this. Every single customer you go to and this is in the form of an animal for me. Every single customer you go to wiggles, jumps up and down, smiles and wags when you get there. Every single time. And every single one of them loved me. Ugh, that's right up there with my best job. You let me know a few things that were your worst jobs. We know best jobs. Some people agreed with me about the radio. Some people had written in. One lady wrote in and said she loves waiting tables. She can make as much as she can make. She turns on the charm. She loves people. She likes serving people. She likes helping people. She loves being a server. That's the secret. That is the secret, to love what you do. Work-life satisfaction. 
that's sometimes overlooked when people find a job and they think more like I've got to put food on the table and a roof over my head. They don't take on what they'd like to do. So think about that lady that loves waiting tables and aim that way. Telemarketer is probably on the very top of the list of worst jobs. People have done it throughout the ages, well at least since telephones. They probably pulled wires tight and talked into cans before that. Telemarketers get paid to make cold calls to the general public. They are a huge annoyance. They have mediocre salaries and the scope of performance is pretty much nil. You can't go anywhere if you're a telemarketer. The number two that people think are the worst jobs out there is any form of a cleaning job. Cleaners are often mistreated in the workplace. They aren't given respect by other workers. They end up doing horrendous tasks. Unfortunately, many in-house cleaners also take advantage of their bosses, and they're not given fair rights. You have to have thick skin and the will to say no to get on in this job. But you can do it. That's another one of those. Make it satisfying. Soldier is way up there on honor, integrity, but the profession can lead to depression and other health-related issues. Spending weeks and months away from family and friends can be a challenge in the least, let alone having to have your bed, your uniform inspected a number of times a day. CareerCast reported that the high stress and low pay lands enlisted military personnel in some of the worst jobs. I believe it. Thankless job. Another thankless job, a social worker. People who opt for a career in any kind of a social setting are often faced with awful and demoralizing situations. Social workers of any kind really deal with a number of people who are experiencing a crisis. Anything from orphaned children to sexually or physically abused victims, older people who are homeless or can't take care of themselves. Psychologists say that those working in this field are expected to make sacrifices to meet the requirements of those who seek their help. And last but not least, big category, but big importance, one of the worst jobs out there, customer service advisor. And we're just going to leave it at that, because those jobs, if you have waited tables, if you have been a customer service person, if you have been a social worker or a soldier or anything of those service type positions, you are a walking angel. And that is that. Some of the best, some of the worst jobs going to be coming back in just a little bit with things that make you say, what? Just a thought and not last. Well, okay, it is last, but not least, my parting shot. So hang on, going to be right back. We're not done yet. You got a couple of more eargasms. Hang in there.
things that make you say, what? Did you know mammoths roamed the earth at the same time as the great pyramids were being built? The pyramids of Giza were built in the time of the woolly mammoths. From what we can tell, the last of the mammoths died out around 1700 BC on Russia's Wrangel Island. In Egypt, the pyramids of Giza were built around 4,000 years ago. Although there are claims that some of them might be even older, what that means is the pyramids and mammoths technically overlap in time. What? This is just a thought. Dueling is legal in Paraguay, just as long as both parties are blood donors. One way to do it. Good day! is IMHO in a nutshell. What did you think? I want to thank you. I am pointing at you with the face. I want to thank you for listening, because without you, I'm just sitting in a closet full of expensive junk pushing buttons. So I appreciate that. This is as much for you as it is for me. I'm the voice. I am the talking head. I, well, a little more than that. I push all these buttons and make sure everything works. But my point being, I want to include you. So if you have a voice, if you have a thought, if you have a subject you'd like to address, either one of three things. You can go to the anchor.fm homepage the way you clicked on to listen to this, perhaps. You can leave a written written mail there, a written message. You can leave a voicemail there. And on all of those, let me know if you'd like me to use your name or not. I will honor your wishes, so do that. The other one, if you want to do it a little more anonymously and you want to have a conversation, you can always send an email to the IMHO inbox. That is leaddogonair, one word, leaddogonair at gmail.com. And I will get it. It'll go through the filters. They'll bring it to me. We'll discuss it. And we'll get your thoughts on the air. So do it. Coming up on our next episode, that's going to be dropping right about the first of the month. Give me a couple of weeks to work on it, a couple of weeks to get you, you get me your thoughts. We are going to discuss five car myths, and we're going to hack them. We're going to be talking about things like quality of oil, octane in the gas, how often you should change the oil, things like that. Opening windows or not opening windows, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's A. B, 
Sounds about right to me. We're going to talk about how sound effects are added to podcasts, to movies, without 10,000 microphones being on set. I'm talking like celery for broken bones. It's called a Foley artist, and I studied it out in Hollywood myself. So I'll bring you Foley, the art of making sound effects. Let me know what you think. You made sound effects when you were a kid. We all did. Whether it was the truck you were driving, the horse you were riding, the dog you were playing with. Let me know if you made some sound effects yourself. We all made mixtapes. Come on, tell me. And I mentioned that I was going to be delving back into childhood toys. Childhood toys that were huge disappointments. Let me know. Top of that list, sea monkeys. That burns me to this day. Sea monkeys, my butt. They were brine shrimp that died. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Childhood toys that were huge disappointments. And why? We're going to discuss that. So, there it is. Like I've mentioned a few times, no politics, no religion, no arguing. Just an oasis in this world of ich. That's IMHO. Please do me a favor. Tell everybody. If there's anything about this podcast you like, please tell everybody. Tell your boss. Tell your boss's boss. Tell your friends. Anybody that could benefit from being able to listen to a positive energy show whenever they want to. Please tell them. Share it on Facebook. I post it up on the page. It's called IMHO, a podcast. Join us there for updated information. And wherever you are, whether it's on that page, whether it's on anchor.fm, hit subscribe and you're going to get a notification every time something comes out new from IMHO. This is IMHO, the podcast. We are going to take over the world, world, world. So until we gather again next time, do me this favor. Always listen when an old dog barks. For IMHO, I'm Lon, and I'm out. Oh yeah, thank you to Nancy Hand and the In the Corner Band.